Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Biomultilingualism, the podcast of the ICME EE project at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism. So we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support by a multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lobato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. So Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast. Today, we have uh, a new guest. She is Dr. Gottlieb. I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, but I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) You did fine. (laughs) So we have her today with us. So I I always ask the professor to introduce themselves a little bit. the audience knows um, about them and can put a context about their situation. So, would you mind to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Yes, this is Margot, and I've had a long um, and glorious career in language education. I actually started off with a bachelor's in the teaching of Spanish, um, but I I soon switched over to what was then bilingual education. I was able to get a grant through Chicago Public Schools because that's where I began my career um, that really was the, the precursor to dual language education. So I coordinated a program for quite a few years and then kept on going to school and my interest kind of honed in in the area of assessment. And while I was going to grad school in administration, I I realized that I could make more of a difference in evaluation research. So I switched over to that field. And from that field, um, I have spent the rest of my career kind of devoted to trying to better ways of, of looking at multilingual learners and ensuring that everyone sees their assets and resources. For the last umpteen years, I've been affiliated with um, the Illinois Resource Center, and I recently left that, um, and I co-founded WIDA, um, and that, believe it or not, has been over 15 years, and at WIDA, I try to really be the um, idea idea generator. Um, I try to help everyone help um, formulate uh, the vision and live the vision for um, an assets-based education for our language learners so they indeed will succeed academically and in life. Nice. Can you explain to our audience what is WIDA? Because um, maybe some of them, they are not going to know. What is that? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) WIDA is a consortium of states, which was founded in 2003 um, out of Enhanced Assessment Grant. And we formulated English language, at that time proficiency, now we call them English language development standards Mm -hmm. for the K-12 community. And along with that, um, we worked with the center, or have been working with the Center for Applied Linguistics um, in designing and implementing access for English language learners. And that is our English language proficiency test. But WIDA is more than that. It's really a system 
uh, professional learning, research and development, standards and assessment. Um, and it's couched within the greater purpose, as I mentioned before, for ensuring that families and students and teachers all are looking at education more equitably um, through um, a multicultural lens. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of curious because you said before when you were introducing yourself, like um, assessment was your uh, interest and was kind of your uh, specific area. Why did you pick assessment? I cannot, like, I don't like to assess. So <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, why people are interested in assessment? <laughs> Because I saw so many inequities in the field of assessment. If you look at most large-scale achievement tests, mm -hmm. they are totally skewed to um, an Anglo-centric norm. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, um, universal design has not been applied to it. And if you analyze some of the items, uh, multilingual learners just don't have the accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, so they can um, look at it and understand what was doing, um, what was asked of them. And also it only honors English. Um, and as someone who's devoted to multilingual education, I, I believe that assessment is just not testing Assessment is the gathering of information over time to make sound educational decisions from multiple sources and from multiple stakeholders. And so for me, students have to have much more of a voice and choice in assessment of day to day, moment to moment, and throughout the year. Um, and so we have to look at data that are generated from um, students themselves as well as their teachers, along with um, testing. That's an important piece of assessment, but it's not the sole indicator of what students can do. So that's a reasonable answer. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand it better now. But yeah, you are totally right. I, I have read some, read some papers from my classes that um, they are like very inequities between those um, emergent, like new emergent bilinguals and, and test like, um, how do you call that? Like the standardized tests and those, those things. Right. So I'm kind of like, I don't understand so much about those kind of tests because in my country we don't have it. So I'm kind of loose on that sense, but I, I, what I, from what I have read, it's like, in, in many cases for emergent bilinguals, they have like many struggles because of the language, not because they don't, don't understand the content. Um, You're absolutely correct. So more or less, it's <laughs> what I know. <laughs> so one of the questions that I always, or I usually ask a professor when I'm interviewing them, it's what do you, What do you like to to teachers know about teaching um, emergent bilinguals or multilingual students? Could you say that another way? Like, um, what kind of advice or what kind of tips could you give the teachers so they can um, they can improve their teaching skills to teach um, emergent bilinguals? Okay, I think that teachers need to understand the passions of the students that are sitting in front of them because 
students will be more motivated. They'll have more confidence in what they're doing if they are actively engaged in projects and tasks that are of interest to them personally. Um, so that's a starting point. Not to um, externally impose a curriculum onto the students, but help students understand that they can generate ideas for um, for their own learning and to work with students to um, create or co-create goals for learning. And together, it's a partnership between teachers and students. So students are, again, part of the process. They're not being taught to, they're not, they don't have these reciprocals, but you actually honor what the student is bringing to the situation. So what you want to, like, what I'm taking from this is like, you, you mean that a student need to owner their own learn uh, their own learning right like they need to be absolutely right with gradual release of responsibility which has kind of emerged in the last um, 20 years or so that teachers are are ultimately just the conduit that is they're the facilitator and it's the students who need to take responsibility for their er or own learning uh -huh. in whichever language they, they're more comfortable in. And how can teachers do that? Like, how, what, can, like, can you name a strategy or a way that a teacher can do that? Well, one common strategy that's being used now is looking at standards reference instruction and breaking down the standards so, so the students are aware of the expe their expectations for learning. Um, so from that, teachers and students together will design, um, for example, a project because there should be multimodalities built into these projects. Mm -hmm. So students, even though um, there might be a class of 30 students, mm -hmm. uh, students are all achieving um, personalized goals with personalized um, pathways to getting there. I'm thinking the other day I saw a um, TikTok video that they were talking about uh, Google Genius. Do you know about that? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Sorry. So uh, it reminds me kind of it because uh, Google Genius is like the teacher gives the student like some time um, to develop a project that they would like to do, like not only in the school, but after school. So they have like a, a time in the classroom to develop uh, that idea and it can, be in, it can be whatever they want. Like they can design clothes, they can uh, create a software program, whatever they, they would like, but they have like that portion in the classroom to create that. So I was thinking about that because um, like when we talk about designing a project, it could be so many things and multi-model project that we can't, like, the sky is, is the limit, kind of, right? <laughs> it is, but it still has to be um, aligned with the goal for learning. Exactly. So that ultimately is the glue. Mm -hmm. um, so everyone agrees upon the goals, and then teachers and students um, are co-creating as well criteria for success. Mm -hmm. So they decide on the project together. Um, through conferencing or through other means, um, te 
teachers are aware of the strengths of the of the students, um, so they are in fact uh, pushing the students to always achieve more by giving that student challenging tasks. Mm-hmm. So it isn't whatever you want, whenever you want, there, there is a methodology involved. <laughs> um, and, and that's critical to the success of the project of the students and also of the teacher. And what are the ways that teachers can use to say, like to go to their administrator and tell them, okay, I have this idea. I want to develop the curriculum with my student. I want them to be co-creator of what I want to teach in the classroom. Do you think that like principals and administrator, do they take that like in a good way or? Well, it's always nice to have the support of um, administrators and make it more of a school-wide policy rather than a, a unique classroom. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the direction um, that education is moving right now slowly, mm -hmm. but uh, assessment as learning um, where students are, are, are actually part of the process Um, is gaining momentum here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a new concept. Assessment for learning, which teachers um, consider, quote, formative assessment. I don't use that term, but it's what other teachers are familiar with, um, has been gaining ground as well. And so if, in fact, you have the evidence for learning and evidence of students as learners and as assessment leaders, and you can use that evidence alongside, mm -hmm. or as you would say, standardized scores, which is another data source, there is no reason why administrators can't um, embrace that, th this idea because it, it sh there are data should show that for older students, for, perhaps if you look at the international high school and I, I, in many of the larger states where this is happening, students are succeeding, students are graduating at a much higher rate, especially multilingual learners, um, than before. So statistics are starting to bear out um, this philosophical shift that's happening right now. So showing them the data and the, the facts and the research that they, they have found and they, they have seen they grow, right? Correct. So thank you so much. Would you like to, this has been like a wonderful conversation, uh, but you know, sometimes <laughs> go flies when you are having fun. It does. You're right. <laughs> Would you like to add something else for our listeners? Just good luck in your pursuit of um, <laughs> multilingual education. You have chosen an exciting and a wonderful field, and I And I think you all should um, just be excited about moving forward and helping the field um, gain, gain more um, status because oftentimes we're not looked at as being, being um, successful in our pursuit. And I think we've been more than successful and we should laud our laurels. I think that there's, those are like, I don't know if the same expression in English, like warm words. Can we just say that? Like, no, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much for those words because um, we need it. And in my case, I'm a new teacher. So 
those kind of little um how do you say that like um not compliments. words of advice yeah <laughs> <Words exactly. of wisdom. laughs> it's still too soon well i wish you like... all well all you <laughs> beginning teachers because um you're just going to have a wonderful adventure thank you so much so you're welcome <laughs> thank you so much for for being part of our podcast today um i wish you a great day you too take care now <laughs>